0: 19 this evening, entitled this message, Hallelujah, and we'll see why as I read. So Revelation 19, and we're going to be reading um, for verse 1 to 6 this evening. Revelation 19, verse number 1, reads this, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah! salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, for her smoke is rose up for forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of a mighty thundering saying, Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this course of hallelujahs that we've read from your word this evening. That time, Lord, where the saints prepare for your return. Lord, what a day that will be. What a time of praise that will be. Lord, I pray that you would help us to rejoice as we read through this this evening. Lord, I pray you would help us to see what you have us to see. Lord, I pray you would help us to be a people of praise, to know that you know the beginning from the end, that you are sovereign, you are omnipotent, that you reign and you rule, and ultimately, Lord, you're coming back. So, Lord, again, I pray you would bless us, guide us, lead us, shape us, mold us, whatever it may be. I pray you would use me this evening, Lord, as your mouthpiece. Pray that you would help me to say what needs to be said. Pray you would give me strength in my weakness. Wisdom in my foolishness. Help me, Lord, as a fallible man. To be your preacher this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're dealing with hallelujah tonight. That pretty universal term. I'm sure that you... I've uh, heard it many, many times, and if I say hallelujah, you might be thinking about um, Handel's Messiah, hallelujah I was listening to this this afternoon just by way of uh, thinking about these things, but it's a wonderful piece of music, there's no doubt about it. First performed in Dublin, I believe, so there you go. Everything leads back to Ireland. (laughs) But I don't know if you know much about the word hallelujah. If not... You've come to the right place because I'm going to tell you about it tonight. <laughs> it's part of it. It's it's a Hebrew word. It is a kind of universal word. When I say universal word, is that there's no the transliteration Hallelujah from where it comes from is is prevalent amongst the, the, the modern world. So you know if you're here from a different language, I don't know if there's any like different language speakers here tonight, particularly, but Hallelujah. In your language is hallelujah In our language, so it's kind of known, but it's a combination of two words. It's it's Hebrew in origin, and it comes from halal. So, if you want, you can see it there. You can take that first little little bit out, which is really the kind of the, the root from halal in in um, Hebrew. And yeah, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But the first bit, we'll we'll take the first part of this two part compound uh, word. Um, so the, the the root word, so. When we say words come from root words, and the root words have meaning, and then you have extensions of the root in, in language. And I'm not, by any way, a language expert. But I do enough study to know that, you know, words and their kind of forms usually have a root. And the root for the word that's used in hallelujah, halal, um, means to be clear, brilliant, shine, um, Praise, boast, boastful. That's the kind of root that it comes from. But the actual um, or hallel that forms hallelujah takes it a little bit further and actually it is a, it's a kind of positive command in the, in the structure of the language to praise. That's what it means, to praise. But it's not an option praise. It's a commanded praise in the structure of the language. It's a bit like if we were on a TV show and you were the audience, right? And you had the privilege to come to the TV show, you're sitting in the audience, and the kind of stage hands lift up the thing where it says applause, applause and you do it. That's what the praise is. When the hallelujah, the halal is lifted up, it's a command to praise. That's what it carries. Um, now, we're gonna look at the Psalms. So if you have your have your Bible, you can flick with me to Psalm 113. Because you know, there's a lot of the Psalms are Halal in their structure, they are praised, but particularly there's a section of psalms. Um, the first section, which is Psalm 113, so if you go there, um, and we'll start there. So Psalm 113 begins what, what are what are known within Judaism as the uh, Egyptian halal. So Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 are psalms of praise. So if you look at Psalm 113 there, verse 1, it starts, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye of the servants of the Lord. Look at the end of verse, um, verse 9. It's the end of Psalm 113. It says, Praise ye the Lord. So Psalm 113 Psalm 118 are known as the halal psalms. You'll find these in the Gospels. You'll find them in New Testament scriptures. And they were used oftentimes um, by, by Jews around Feasts and festivals. They were it's halal psalms. Were were song. If you remember, I'm sure you do because you hang off every word that I say, don't you? No. Okay, I'll remind you. So when we were dealing with um, the kind of transformation of the blind man that goes down to the pool of Bethesda and the, the water that was poured out there, so I told you about the at the feast of um, uh, it wasn't. Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the kind of eight days that come after it, that they would go and get the water from the pool uh, of Bethesda, not the pool of Bethesda, pool of Siloam, sorry, and get the, get the water and take it up to the temple. That, and they would sing the halal psalms as, as, as they went. These were psalms of praise. Um, Psalm 118 particularly is, is one that's, that's quoted. So if you look at Psalm 118 and we'll see what a good class you are tonight, whether you can Get this. So Psalm 118, verse 25. Remember, this is one of these um, Egyptian halal psalms. These remember how many praise psalms of praise. Uh, 118, verse 25 says, "Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, saying thy prosperity. Blessed is he, be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord." So, anybody knows where we'll find that in the New Testament? I'll give you a clue. John, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. In verse number 12. So this will come back to you if you haven't clocked it already. This is the triumphal entry. On the next day, this is verse 12. Of John 12. On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried Hosanna, Hosanna is saved now I beseech thee (coughs) blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. It's, what are they doing? They're singing the halal. What time is it? Feast time. So they're singing these psalms of praise. And actually, Psalm 118 within Judaism is known to be a psalm that praises about the Messiah. So again, the Messiahship was being sung here. you, you got to understand what's happening at the triumphal entry. They are bringing him and welcoming him as their king. Now, what happened in three or four days? <laughs> things changed. Now, there's reasons for that. But also, one of the things is you'll find that The city folk were the ones that were persuaded by the Sanhedrin. The people that are welcoming Christ in here are the daughters of Jerusalem. The daughters of Jerusalem, what are they? They're the country folk. They're the smaller uh, city folk that have gathered, that have seen his ministry throughout Galilee. Where has he been doing most of his ministry? In the Galilee. The city folk are influenced by power, by the Sanhedrin's voice. And that's what happens. The Sanhedrin twists them. You don't want to release Barabbas. No, 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 no. You don't want, you want to oh, sorry, don't release Jesus. You want to release Barabbas. Who's doing that? It's the Sanhedrin. Who are the folk that are being pa- balladed there? It's the city folk. But at this point, they're welcoming in Messiah. And they're singing Psalm 118, that psalm of praise. So we have these psalms of praise, halal, praise, in Psalm 113 to Psalm 118. And if you go to Psalm 120... There's another set of, of, of praise uh, psalms. These are called the, the Great Halal. I love Judaism. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Psalm 120. So you've got Psalm 119. Psalm is in between. You get the Psalm 120, the Psalm 135. And you begin, if you're looking in your Bible, you will have Song of Degrees above above these psalms, maybe. So, from Psalm 120 to Psalm 135. These are the great halal. These were psalms that were psalms of ascent. They were sung when you went up to Jerusalem. It's particularly sung at the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. These psalms were sung. Um, at the first century AD in the temple, the, the priests would, would, would chant these halals during the sacrifice of the paschal lamb in the temple. So, you have this concept within Judaism of hallelujah, the halal bit and the praise, and it's associated with praise, and these are psalms of praise. Now, the second part, so we've got the halal, now we want to deal with the Ya, actually y-a-h, not j-a-h. And really, that's the name of God, that's, that's the yod-he-vad-he, the tetragrammaton. You're looking at me going, some of you go, yeah, tetragrammaton, I know all about that. Some of you go, and What's it? Is it a game? Is it a transformer? What is it? Tetragrammaton. Tetra, <laughs> it's just the four letters that were used to represent the name of God because they didn't want to say the name of God. Now, actually, the origin of why they didn't want to say the name of God is disputed amongst in Judaism whether it was because of the temple practice or whether um, there, there was some other uh, aspect of it being a form of idolatry or taking the Lord's name in vain. I think it's probably a combination of both within Judaism. But that's what the Yah means. Uh, You know, so uh, Tedric Armagon is is Yod He Vad He. It's Jehovah. Now, a Jew would never say Jehovah, but we can. Right? We know. They call Yod He Vad He Hashem, the name. So they refer to God as Hashem, the name. They don't want to say Jehovah. Actually, the kind of uh, meaning behind uh, the tetragrammaton, the four letters, Yod-Heh, uh, Vah-Heh, Y-H-V-H. yod He, Vav He, Jehovah. But the, when they condense it down, they say the kind of meaning behind that is to be. So when they say Hashem, or when they say yod He vad Hey," it really means to be. What is that? It is the self-existent one. It's, it's the one that revealed himself to Moses. I am that I am. So that's what the Jews use. So when we put these together, we get Halal and yod he vad Hey." Praise the Lord. Right? Beautiful. Praise the Lord. And um, that's what these psalms are. They're psalms of praise to the Lord. You get to the end of the psalms, turn to Psalm 146. You get to the last five chapters of, of the psalms, and I want you to notice what's going on. As we get to the culmination of the, the book of Psalms, we get to these last psalms, from starting from Psalm 146. What does it start with, verse 1? Praise. Lord. Halal yeah. yod Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what it says. What does it end with? Verse 10. Praise the Lord. Yahweh, vahweh. Hallelujah. Psalm 147, what's it start with? Praise the Lord. What's it end with? Praise the Lord. Psalm 148, him. Psalm 149, him. Psalm 150, same. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So you get through the book of Psalms and you have these portions of great praise and it ends with a great chorus of praise. Hallelujah. unto to Jehovah God. It's beautiful. But, but, we can rejoice in these hallelujahs. They're beautiful. But, they're not really our hallelujahs. They're them. Now, we join in. We join in. But, you know, one of the things, I've got started using a different Bible, just really and truly, if I'm being pernickety, because it fits between the ledge and this microphone. That's, that's the only reason. I've Because my other Bible doesn't, and it drives me nuts. And I've had this. It's lovely. It's, I've had it for a while. It's it's from TBS. It's a uh, uh, beautiful calfskin leather. Very nice Bible to hold. Beautiful, beautiful. But... As I was reading through and just looking at these halal Psalms, TBS is, is a reformed organization. They're reformed in their doctrine. So when I was reading through here and looking at the little headings in, in the Psalms, um, turn to Psalm 124. We'll see you'll we'll see what your Bible says. Mine has a little kind of synopsis of what the Psalm's about. So does anybody else have that in Psalm 124? Yeah? Song of the Grease, but above that, like... Hmm? Right, okay. Anybody get anything else other than that? No? What have you got on? Should I say that again on? Sorry. Right, the godly. Anybody else? What have you got on? Right, okay. Okay. Do you want to tell me what I've got on this one? Wait for it. The church... Blesseth God for a miraculous delivery. Now, you could argue that Israel was an assembly, right? Called that assembly. But I don't think that's what they're arguing. I don't think that's what they're arguing. Psalm 126 for me is the same. It says, The church celebrating her incredible return out of captivity. Why is that in there? Because it fits replacement theology. Replacement theology is, Israel has been replaced by the church. Um, the church, in this form, is not there in those Psalms. That's Israel. And these these halals are Israels. They belong to Israel. And we can rejoice. Yes, God is coming. Yes, God should be praised. We can enter into them, but they're not particularly ours by interpretation. But... I want to take you to Psalm or Revelation 19 tonight. We're going to have a look at that because we can join in in these hallelujahs. We can. Because the church is very much present in Revelation 19, very much present as these hallelujahs are sung out before the Lord. So, there's four hallelujahs that, that go out and we're going to have a look at them tonight and we can say that we can uh, get fully on board with these because the church is here. So, first, hallelujah, let's see if my thing works. No, don't. You know, some technology, I don't know. You nuts. I work in IT and it drives me mad. Can you flick that on for me, Ben? Just flick it. Flick it one slide. There we go. Who next? Technology. When you've got human. <laughs> so the first hallelujah in verse one of Revelation nineteen is a hallelujah of redemption. Now remember what hallelujah means. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what? Praise the Lord for his redemption. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, "Hallelujah." The H has been dropped in in the King James, and it shouldn't have been. Hallelujah, because it brings us closer to the Hebrew. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. So this is the praise of salvation. Salvation should bring praise within us. There should be a hallelujah that rises up in the believer when they think about salvation. That's why testimonies are so good. That's why we all enjoy testimonies. Because we start to think about our salvation and how great God is and how wicked we are and yet God does this miracle of salvation. Here we have it in heaven with a great voice of much people in heaven redeemed under the blood. Singing praise the Lord for his salvation. Praise the Lord for his salvation. This great multitude. And remember now, we're going to set the context because next week we're going to go to a wedding. But after that, we'll start to think about the Lord's return. And that's what's going on here. This is the stirring. The Lord's about to return. And, and what's happening? The saints are getting ready to go. Where are they going? They're going down. Where to? Earth. The king's coming. Jude. Verse 14 says this, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. What is the prophecy that Enoch's prophesying about? It's the parousia, the return of the Lord. And when he comes, he comes with his saints to the earth, to the throne of David. We'll look at that a bit later on. But this is a time of praise. It's a time of rejoicing. We're getting ready to go back with the king. If you, if, I want to say this to you tonight. If you're here this evening and you're saved, you're one of these multitude. You're going to be there. You're going to be there. Singing the hallelujah chorus. And guess what? At that point, you won't be singing a, a tough notes. <laughs> There'll be no duff notes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. William Barclay writes in his commentary in Revelation, The salvation of God should awaken the gratitude of man. The glory of God should awaken the reverence of man. The power of God is always exercised in the love of God and should therefore awaken the trust of man. Gratitude, reverence, trust. These are the constituent elements of real praise. And I love how he phrased that. Because this is what's going on in this hallelujah of redemption. Salvation, glory, honour and power unto the Lord our God. What a hallelujah that is. Then we have our second hallelujah. Click it on for me, thank you. This is the hallelujah of retribution. Look at verse 2. For true and righteous are his Judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. So here the great multitude praises the Lord because of his judgment. What's the judgment upon? Upon Babylon. What does Babylon represent? It represents the entire wicked religious and commercial system of the world that has the devil as its head. We have the body of Christ and we have the body of Antichrist, really. And here the praise goes up because God's judgment, harsh, strong, firm, when we've looked at it, not if you've gone through the tribulation, but just, fair. And God is praised for that because he is a righteous and holy judge. It's only right that he judges Babylon. And when God judges, who are we to say that it's unfair judgment? We cannot. All we can say when God judges as the righteous and holy judge is that it's right. It's righteous judgment. It's not vindictive anger it's righteous judgment and God has poured out his judgment and the multitude praise his name because of his judgment first of all it's the judge and then it's the judgment and both are praised Psalm 104 verse 35 says this this is the concept let the sinners be consumed out of the earth let the wicked be no more Bless thou the Lord, O my soul, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Yod He This was said in the Psalms. No matter how, how strong the judgment, it's to be praised. Because it's God's judgment. And it's righteous. It's not wrong. You can't come along and say, God, you're too harsh. God's judgment's perfect in all things. Laman Strauss says in his commentary the permanence and finality of God's judgment upon all evil is cause for the rejoicing of God's people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. All the things that you look at and think I can't believe they got away with that. I can't believe that injustice was done and there was no punishment. This is the day where we can stand before the Lord and praise him because we know that there is no injustice that goes unpunished. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Third hallelujah. Oh, he's on on it now. He's got it. (laughs) This is the hallelujah of... Oh, no, I've double copied that. It's not that at all. It's the hallelujah of realization. This is verse 4 and 5. Look at verse 4. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. Here we have the last mention here of the twenty and four elders that have fallen down and worshipped God. And it brings us to this Uh, uh, throne scene and that's what we have to remember that's the hallelujah of realisation that God is on the throne that's what it says that God sat on the throne this is sovereignty and sovereignty is worth praising our God is sovereign and because of that God's people should say hallelujah praise the Lord Because that means that there's nothing that can thwart his purposes or his plans. That when God says something, nobody can change that. When God says that he saved us eternally, once for all, forever, his sovereignty decrees that that can never be changed. By no enemy, by no foe, by no feeling. God will never let you go. Said it this morning, when the world looks like it's spinning out of control, God is on the throne sovereignty and we should praise him because of that we'll praise him when we get to heaven because of that we should praise him now because of that God is on the throne I'm going to quote Spurgeon for a second time in one day <laughs> I don't know, midlife crisis maybe, who knows but Spurgeon said this about sovereignty says there's no attribute of God more comforting to his children than the doctrine of divine sovereignty. On the other hand, there's no doctrine more hated by worldlings, no truth of which they have made such a football as the great, stupendous, but yet most certain doctrine of the sovereignty of the infinite Jehovah. And that's really what the whole battle is about. It's a battle for sovereignty. Who's sovereign? In our lives, is it Jehovah? Is it YHWH? Is it the name? Is it the Lord of Creation? Or is it something, someone else that has sovereignty in our lives? The battle of from Lucifer, the fallen angel. What was that about? Sovereignty. Sovereignty. He wanted control. But for us, for believers, we should rejoice in the sovereignty of God. We should praise the sovereignty of God. We should remember the sovereignty of God. We should sing hallelujah at the realization of the sovereignty of God. No matter what's going on, I can say God is on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fourth and final hallelujah. Hopefully this is right. Yes, it is. This is the hallelujah of return. Look at verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of, uh, of many thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Here we get to it. This is the preparation for the return. This is the recognition of the kingdom that's coming. This is going to be the answer to all those prayers that have gone up through generation and generation. Thy kingdom come. Here the kingdom is coming. And that should bring out praise. The promised ruler, the one who was foretold that would rule and reign from the throne of David is on his way. Turn to Psalm 132. Again, remember, that was one of those halal Psalms. The great halal psalms. Psalm 132 talks about this moment that we're reading about in Revelation 9 as we get ready for the return of the king. Psalm 132, one of the song of ascent or song of degrees, one of the great halal songs that was sung at the feast times. And notice what it says in verse number 11. Psalm 132 verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. What is this? This is the Davidic covenant that's being referenced here. Verse 12. If thy children will keep my covenant, my testimony, I shall teach them their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. But verse 11 is where we hone in on. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Throne. That's what they would sing in these Psalms of Praise Hallelujah of the Return. Turn to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1 and verse 32. Why is this in Scripture? Why are these phrases used? Luke 1, verse 32. He shall be great and called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. This is the Messiah, the one that is prophesied, the one that they praise in the Halal Psalms of Psalm 118. This is the one that is promised to rule and reign from the throne of David in Psalm 132. This is the Messiah and because he has come and because he has come he will return because he came and he went But he has to come back because it's been promised in the Old Testament. Revelation 19, verse number 6. We are getting ready for that kingdom that's coming. The Lord omnipotent reigneth. And because he reigns, he will return and he will take the throne of David as he promised he would. The earthly throne upon which the Lord Jesus will sit as he rules and reigns from Jerusalem. This is the return. My, oh, my, that's worth a hallelujah. The king's coming back. This is Psalm 2 territory. Let's turn to Psalm 2. We'll, we'll read Psalm 2 because what a hope that we'll, we'll, we'll get from the Psalms, and you should know, is the messianic expectation that hangs out of the psalmist's heart, that all their hopes are placed upon God's sovereignty, his redemption, his return, and his reign. Psalm 2 says, Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. And the Lord shall have them in derision. Now if you think Psalm 2 and you forward into where we're plugging into in Revelation. Doesn't it fit You know that, that picture of what's going on at the time where great Babylon rises up? Verse th- 3, or f- no 5, sorry I haven't got my glasses on. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. And vexed him in a sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has sent unto me. Thou art my son this day I have begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. They shall break them with a rod of iron. They shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now therefore O ye kings be instructed. Ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry. angry, And you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in. In him. Revelation 19 is a is fulfillment of all of this. Now it has an immediate application in the Psalms as they go through the history of Israel. But ultimately we're pointing to the time where the kingdom comes. And this is what we're dealing with in Revelation 19.6 The Lord is coming. This is Philippians 2.11 Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord, the, to the glory of God the Father. Again, Lehman Strauss says this in his commentary. This is the moment anticipated by all the redeemed. When Jesus came the first time, he was rejected and nailed to a cross. When he comes again, all men, rich and poor, high and low, will bow in homage at his feet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's coming again. Psalms have their hallelujahs. They have their praises. You get to the end of Psalms and you have this great chorus of praise ye the Lord. We fast forward into the time of Revelation 19 and there's a new set of hallelujahs. An extension really of the hallelujahs that came before. And the redeemed sing praises unto God. Why? Because he has redeemed them. Why? Because he is judging the world. His retribution is sure and fast and true. Why? Because there's a realisation that God is on the throne, that he is sovereign, that everything he said he would do, he will do and he is doing. And that leads to that great hallelujah. The Lord omnipotent reigneth. He's coming to set up his kingdom again. And we put all that together and God's people today cannot do anything but surely hallelujah. say hallelujah. 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 Uh, praise the Lord. Praise. Amen. Right, we'll leave it there next week. As I've said, you're invited to a wedding so we'll have that next week, Lord willing, where we think about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this time and your word. We thank you for Lord, just the the beauty of these hallelujahs, this corporate praise of your holy name, this corporate praise of who you are, this corporate praise of what you've done, and this corporate praise of what you're about to do. Lord, I thank you that you can be trusted. I thank you that you are a God that can be praised. And Lord, again, I just ask for forgiveness where we Lord we don't count our blessings and we forget to praise you on the hard days Lord you help us to praise you through the tears through the trials through the torment let us remember that you've saved our souls let us sing that hallelujah of redemption Lord when we've been hurt by others or we see the wickedness in the world help us to remember and sing the hallelujah of retribution Lord you will balance all the accounts that you are the righteous judge you know when we take a little wobble in our faith when circumstance throws us up against the rocks I pray Lord that we would sing the hallelujah of realization that you're on the throne that you've never moved from the throne and you never will And Lord as we get weary in well-doing. As we struggle on in the battle, Lord, help us to throw up a hallelujah of return. To remember that you're coming again. That you haven't left us. That you haven't forsaken us. But you are returning. And to all that, Lord, we just sing hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name. Amen. Being the coming day, Jesus,